shut up and sit down. Hey Siri, what is an expert? As a noun, it means a person who has a comprehensive and authoritative knowledge of or skill in a particular area. <laughs> okay, that's clearly not us. But we're not idiots either. Hmm. Arguable. <laughs> okay, fair. How about not complete idiots? We're a couple of guys who have been friends for 25 years who happen to disagree on a lot of things. This is our podcast, where we try to make sense of those things and try to understand the other's perspective. These are our inexpert opinions. Shut up and sit down. All right, let's get started on this bitch. We actually have an organized podcast today, I think. Well, don't, 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 don't get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Settle down on the organization comments. 758. We got, uh, we got kicked off a little earlier. That's good. That's good. Feeling it. Uh, yeah, Mike, we got an organized conversation today. We are talking. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? We're talking about the, it's, it's, we're going to call this just married or single versus married, married versus single. It's not married with uh, children versus three's company. <laughs> Three's company. Which is the better show? Oh. Well, I've never seen, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Three's Company. Not quite Three's Company. You've never seen Three's Company? Nope. John Ritter. Great show. Mm -mm. Great show. Uh, Yeah. Married with Children was always kind of stupid, in my opinion, as well. But, dude, Married with Children was phenomenal. Great show, also, too, as well. Uh, seven fifty nine. We're a minute. We're a minute in, dude. Didn't we, dude? Speaking of that, I paid that theme song at your wedding. Remember, I downloaded it on iTunes when we were right when you were writing your vows or finessing them or whatever. Remember, we were all sitting out on the dock. Oh, 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 oh. I thought you meant like during the ceremony. I was like, I don't remember. I don't remember that. No, and like, I don't know why dick, we downloaded actually. it. We downloaded it for a reason. I don't remember, but it's on my phone still. Hmm. Anyhow. 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 Uh, moving moving forward. Married versus single. So Mike and I have been talking about this for a while. Um a couple of Actually, well, shout probably, out to probably, Lindsay. I was gonna she say probably actually, about a month. It was in it was kind of planted in Mike's head by Lindsay. Shout out, Lindsay. Go, Mike. What were you gonna say? <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. You said uh, it. That's what he was going to say. I've got some tea here, some, some green tea. Hopefully that's going to help with my chest congestion. <laughs> I don't think uh, that's how it works. Huh? <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Oh, tea has healing and medicinal qualities. That's absolutely how it works. Right. Oh, okay. But yeah, so we are, we are going to, we're going to both take our respective sides of the argument here, not really an argument, just well, discussion. kind of. I just, mean, yeah. sides. I mean, that's so maybe interesting and a different way to put it. It's not like you were not once single. Well, correct. You've correct. just taken the next step. Yeah, yeah. Unlike me, who is hesitant. 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 <laughs> um. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna chat about this, Mike. Obviously as you just alluded to is, is single still living, uh, by, by, by himself with himself. I was all by myself. myself. No one was looking. 
So I'm a great singer, dude. Uh, and I am. Is I that am, was it, it? What? Go ahead. Sorry. What is that from the Elf? No, that's Green Day. Oh. Okay. Long. Not Duke. even close. No, Dookie. Oh. Dookie was the album. I forget the oh. actual song. Um, and I am married with children, as some of you probably have picked up. So, um, we've gathered up some some thoughts and some some notes, and we are going to kind of go into a little deep dive, if you will, interviewing one another on our our current situation plight. I don't know how you would. I don't know how you would look at it, but, uh, but yeah, we wanted to, we wanted to do this. <clears throat> Mike and I don't get into very deep conversations about one another, just politics and surface level stuff. So this will be a nice little foray into the, the depths of each other's personalities and souls. Yes. Brought to you by. And I think this is going to be an interesting conversation. Cause I think I know, I mean, we've talked about this, a little bit in the past or we've touched on it in previous podcasts, nothing to this de- depth, I guess, but, uh, you know, 38, very quickly approaching 39. And I know that I have married friends or people in long-term committed relationships that probably look at me and feel sorry for me. Understand doubly so at times, but anyway, I feel like this is going to be a cool conversation because I, I, my approach to this and for anybody that knows me well enough knows that it's maybe not necessarily the uh, most common approach to how you spend your life. But anyway, let's let's dig in. So becoming more more common, though. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, let's dig in. Do we want to let's let's dig in. Let's I think. Jeff and I chatted about this prior and I think that, okay, yes, we forgot the clap. Um, but I think a brief history of our, uh, familial structure growing up is probably a good word, good place to start as I think a lot of people are more than likely impacted by their experiences in their own family to some degree. So anyway, Jeff, yeah, very brief. Um abbreviated. So uh abbreviated brief family. So basically the backstory <laughs> on me. Um I come from I'm I'm a product of a divorced household. My parents were divorced when I was oh 910-ish. Um I, I it was it was about 1990, somewhere in that area. Um Impacted me, I think, fairly significantly as a child. Uh, that was about the turning point where I turned from fairly uh, benign and fun-loving boy to I'm now going to make my parents a living hell. Uh, got into a bunch <laughs> of trouble. <clears throat> turned into kind of a juvenile delinquent, if you will, for those of you that don't know me. Um. And yeah, I I don't know what that did to my views of marriage and divorce on the whole. Um, I think as I was kind of telling Mike in the green room, I think that that probably my initial thought was probably that marriage wasn't a viable construct. It wasn't something that I I had a lot of faith in after seeing that Uh, my, my parents, my parents. So with the divorce, they, they were fairly 
It was not an amicable. I mean, it was an amicable divorce, but it was not a what's the word? It was not a productive one in terms of like their relationship. They they barely spoke um, for probably the first ten years. They were very nice to uh, my sisters and I, and and obviously that that relationship didn't really change. But but between one another, it was it was uh, yeah, pretty nasty. So. My initial thought, I think, is or my initial kind of feeling when, when I think about it is is it probably jaded my viewpoint on marriage in the beginning. But I think the older I got, the uh, more serious relationships I had, the more romantically involved with people I got, uh, I think there was more of like a stubbornness that kind of it produced kind of a stubbornness like son of a bitch, I can, I can do this. Mom and dad couldn't pull this off. A lot of people can't pull this off. I'm one of those people that you tell me I can't do something or I see that I can't do something and I do the opposite and I'm going to try my damnedest to do it. And so I think that I, I, as far as I can remember, I've always wanted to get married, but like I said, I think there's that probably like five or 10 year period from, from 10 to 20 where it was kind of like, yeah, maybe marriage isn't the the thing. And then there was a shift um, where it was like, no, I think, I think this is, this is something that's, that's achievable and maintainable and, and doable. So that's kind of, I think that's my backstory on the So hot take, you've got, you decided to get married out of spite. Hot take marriage <laughs> out of spite. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, to a certain extent, there's a little bit of that though. I don't think you could ignore that. Right. Well, fun. Interesting. Okay. Uh, like Jeff, same thing. My parents uh, got married pretty young. My parents were high school sweethearts. Aww. Um, but uh, they were relatively young when they got married. Young-ish for the time when they had my sister and I. Very early 20s. And then they were married for 19 years. They got divorced. I was in high school when my parents got divorced. Um, I think I was a sophomore when they filed for divorce junior, when they actually were, um, legally divorced. Um, it wasn't a great situation to say the least. Um, some infidelity and whatnot. Uh, but in numerous conversations with my mom years, you know, many, many years afterwards and, and conversations that I've had as of months ago, you know, I think my parents probably hung on a little bit longer than they probably should have. I think they both knew the uh, direction it was headed well before any of the shit that led to them getting divorced happened. Um, you know, I think honestly, my mom has said it in the past, but getting married as young as she was, was maybe a bit of a regret for her. Anyway, a lot of these conversations is probably... I mean, it probably has led to some of my stance on it, on it, it being marriage today. Um, but anyway, I, unlike Jeff's situation, my parents, um, after the initial kind of pain and hurt of it all, my parents actually get along arguably better today than they did when they were married. Um, my parents still have a very good relationship. They still talk to each other on a regular basis. In fact, you know, my dad is still very much a part of the, my larger family, which is the majority of my mom's side. Um, anyway, so it, uh, it worked out, I think in the long run. Um, I got, I'm one of those, I'll be honest. I'm one of the lucky kids that 
didn't have to suffer through like some horrible divorce that for me at the time I was already old enough to realize what was happening. And then the fact that my parents were still kind and close after the fact, um, it really didn't have an horrible negative impact on me. I, I, I guess I say that I don't actually know I'm not a therapist, but as, as far as I know, the impact wasn't horribly negative and didn't leave any long-term scars that I'm aware of. Jeff, would you agree with that or not? Hot take. Hot, hot, hot take. <laughs> hot take. That's what I said. I'm not a therapist. Hot They're probably take, in Mike's, there somewhere. Mike's not a therapist. <laughs> oh, let's be honest. If I start, if I don't cry by the end of this thing, something's <clears throat> something's we're doing it wrong. But anyway, so I mean, I th I think all of those things do lead. All of those experiences absolutely have probably an impact on us today. Um, Another thing about just family in general, the majority of my family members are divorced. A lot of them have remarried and are in very, very like positive and happy relationships today. Interesting. Um, some of those have been for many, many years, but a, a, there's a good chunk. I would say at least 75% of my extended family is no longer with the person they first married. That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and again, it, I think there's something to also say about time too. Like, you know, you, you mentioned it briefly or just kind of made a comment on it, but yeah, it, look, you know, I was born in, you were born in 80, I was born in 83. I mean, 81 or, or 81, sorry. Times were different back then. Back then, you know, it was normal to be married in your early twenties. That's what people did. Yep. It was almost kind of expected. So, yep. you know we'll get into some statistics at some point, I'm sure. But today that has shifted. I mean, the average median age for most men in their first marriage is 30 and most women is 28. Yeah. So, you know, things are shifting out. Yeah. That's interesting. My, my, like when you said that, I don't have a very big family, but <clears throat> my, my parents are the only person are the only two people in my entire family that are divorced. Everybody else is still married. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There was a brief hiccup in one of my cousin's marriages a few years back where we thought that that was inevitably going to end in divorce, but they were able to pull through it and are now, I think at least from, uh, you know, the outside looking in stronger than they, they were, in the yeah. 15 years prior to the hiccup. So, uh, but yeah, I think that's my aunt got married recently, like within the last decade and she is 10 years younger than my mom. So she's 59. So she got married late. So she was 49. Single. I like your aunt. Yeah. I like her uh, style somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere. And, and like I said, might, maybe it was six, seven years ago. So maybe she was 52, 53, but somewhere in the last decade. Um, but that's still her first, that's her first husband. Yeah. And there's still, we should also today. probably note too, your dad got remarried. Yep. Dad yeah. is remarried. How many years after he got divorced was that? Oh, 15 ish. I want to say they got married in Oh three or four. Um, so yeah, thir 13, 14 years and they're, and they're still okay. married today and they're, they're hitting 17. I think they hit 17 year, this year, which is, I think if I remember right, how long my mom and he made it. Okay. 
So I think he's huh. at 34 total years of marriage. Wow. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, and with that let's oh, let's sounds, jump let's jump that, in that sounds brutal uh, uh so now, that, what yeah my dad also got remarried okay like 16 years after he got divorced okay from my mother been married for five just to hit the five year mark last week so my mom had a little bit of a mental lapse and got married in a shotgun wedding didn't last long. Uh, I don't even know when that was. That was short. I don't know. Within a few years after being divorced, but anyway, yeah, they didn't last, but, um, yeah, my mom is not remarried after that. And your mom has also chosen to not remarry. Correct. That's correct. Correct. All right, cool. So is your mom not married today? No, no, they're just, they're just, Partners living together. Partners. Or whatever. Yeah. Cohabitant. Cohabitant. Yeah. Bad boys for life. Bad boys for life. All right. Yeah. And then so and then just so you have an older sister who is married. That's right. Your younger sister is not. And my younger sister is married. That's right. Okay. That's the family setup. So we got it. Family setup. We got it. That's the backstory. We are therapists. See? We're giving you the the intel. Yeah. You don't need to pay for this. Just listen to our podcast. Um so do we want to get in a little bit of the history of marriage? Just touch on it, like where yeah. it all stem from? Because yeah, I think it's somewhat I feel interesting. Like, okay. So, cause I feel like, and I was telling Jeff right before we started the green room that my belief or stance today on marriage has changed drastically from probably my teens. I think I was like everybody else. I just felt like that was like the common path of life. You you know, go to school, go to college, graduate, get a job, find someone, get married, have kids and regret every decision you made after that day. So, um, the thing for me was I didn't really start putting a lot of thought into this until probably in my mid twenties. I was engaged in my late twenties. Um, that didn't work out, called it off, never even got actually married. And then from that point on, like I probably put a lot more thought in this, but, and, and, also then reading a lot more about it has probably had some impact on me as well. So Jeff, we'll just go kind of back and forth on this. So first recorded evidence of marriage ceremonies back to dates back to 2350 BC in Mesopotamia. Um, and basically the purpose of that was so men would know that the children were biologically theirs. That was kind of the reason for a, you know, air quotes, marriage back then. That's right. Yeah. But at that point in time, there were people living in tribes of 30 ish people. Uh, There were kids all over the place. Men had multiple sex partners and it was very, very common that 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 people did not know who their actual biological children were. (laughs) And uh, therefore, it was it was a means to ultimately determine that and help. Clearly evolution has not worked the kinks out of that one quite yet. <laughs> uh, all right. Then following that. So then that lasted some version of that. I mean, arguably as we were a, we became more of a, what'd you call it yesterday, Jeff? What was the term that you used? Agri- Agricultural society. Agrarian. I think is <laughs> the word you're looking for. Uh, agrarian. Okay. So, um, as it continued, uh, like 
Okay, so here we go. So the Roman Catholic Church, as the Roman Catholic Church, Catholicism in general became a much bigger deal. Actually, this is before, this is the Roman Church stuff. The church stuff didn't happen until much later. So prior to that, as we became more of an agriculture or cultural society, marriage started taking the place outside of just the biology of children was this idea that uh, fathers or families would marry off their siblings to close neighbors regardless of consent at the time it was more of like a property i'm exchanging property for either some kind of gift some or whatever or in early cases it was for um the ability to have close neighbors and family ties to be able to you know produce crops livestock etc um, it made it easier. So you had more people doing the work, you could share tools, etc. And then as religion and Catholicism specifically became much, much bigger, um, it was in the 12th century, the Roman Catholic theologians and writers referred to marriage as a sacrament and a sacred ceremony tied to experience God's presence. Um, and then in 1563, there was a thing called the Council of Trent, where marriage was officially deemed one of the seven sacraments. So it wasn't so that something to keep in mind here. So, so 2350 BC, all the way up to 1563, marriage wasn't an actual um, religious institution. It wasn't a thing. It was just something that people did more for biological means. And um, I guess, I don't know what you'd really even call that economic and political advantage more than anything, I guess. Right. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, um, so 1563 Catholicism marriage is, uh, one of the seven sacraments. Um, and then that kept going. And then, um, as of 1753, uh, in England, there was this thing called the clandestine marriage act of 1753. Um, that started allowing states to become involved in marriage. And so what that act essentially did was saying, you know, people are allowed to be married in the church or a chapel by their minister, um, or otherwise the union was void. Um, and couples also had to announce, um, like formal marriage announcements or, and obtain a license. So, from 1563 to 1753, this was just something that was done and 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 seen as a uh, union in the eyes of God by the church. And then in 1753, that's when government started becoming involved with marriage, where you had to actually get a license to do it. You could still be married in a church, but the state had to basically offer up a license for you to do this. That's uh, <clears throat> I found this really interesting as I was reading reading your notes here. Uh, the Clandestine Marriage Act of 1753, popularly known as Lord Hardwick's Act. What's interesting about that to me is that today, when we write acts or bills or anything like that, we basically <laughs> obfuscate everything that is contained within the bill with some like really, mm -hmm. really, really cool name. Like this is the uh, Privacy and Protection of America Act when it's actually like we're mm -hmm. going to come now and read all of your emails and this, that. This was just like <laughs> right. this is the Spying Marriage Act. We're going to spy on your marriage. We want to know all about it. We're just going to call it that up front. So right. here you go. The Clandestine Marriage Act. Go. 
I, right. I, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> right. And then, so anyway, so of course that's 1753, you know, the U S constitution was signed in 17. Well, we became a nation in 1776. The constitution was signed in 1787, I believe. Is that right? Are those dates right? It was 87 that it was all signed. Mm. Anyway, I'm doing that off memory. I'm not sure that's right, but I know 1776. Yeah. So, and then of course, that's when a lot of the laws in England, of course, came here. Um, it, like in the 30 colonies, a lot of those similar laws remained from, of course, England. Um, and then it wasn't until the late 1800s where this became much more of a thing where the states were still very much involved. You still had to get a license. But then in it wasn't until 1913 that the federal government formally recognized marriage in law for the very first time. And that was called the Revenue Act of 1913. I didn't do any research on that, but I'm assuming because it was called the Revenue Act of 1913, they were saying married couples got to pay taxes. I'm assuming. Assuming. Yeah. 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 Again, yeah, but- Revenue Act of 1913, if you want to do any research. Yeah. Um, and then what? 1920, women won the right to vote. And that was when uh, it became much more not necessarily beneficial for a woman woman but that was the the first time that uh the union consisted of two full citizens right before that yeah, where it was the like woman had the yeah equal, uh, the equal, equal say yes equal rights and equal say right. um 1960s was when uh state laws forbidding interracial marriage were thrown out um also at the same time by the way just just i want that to sink in that's still crazy to me 1960s 1960s yeah my parents were alive i'm i'm i was almost alive (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's less than half my lifetime ago you know and depending you know 64 65 that's that's about a a third of my lifetime ago which isn't that yeah it's crazy yeah uh, yeah, it was a, until then it was illegal to marry someone of a different race. Well, and then that's this insane. and then 1970s, this is the other one that I think is really fascinating. That's when law finally recognized the concept of marital rape, which up to that point was inconceivable. The the man was ultimately it considered that he owned the woman's sexuality, which 1970 70s. Yeah, that's in fucking sane. Yeah. That's so 60s. We allow interracial <sighs> couples to marry and the 70s. We eliminate marital rape. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Jesus Christ. There was something that oh, uh, that was a big that was a big decade. And some that was, for us, that was you know, really big, pushing the ball forward. <laughs> well, the 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 uh, where I found that info, it basically said all of that ultimately says that marriage has changed more when, when you start looking at, you know, the sixties on marriage has changed more in the last 45 to 50 years than it's changed in the previous 4,000. Yeah. That's crazy. 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 Yeah. And then, and then just, I mean, and then just to further that. So, okay. That was in the seventies where, we abolish this idea that men own a woman's sexuality. Mm-hmm. Insane to me. Mm-hmm. But then it was not for another 30 plus years, around 30 years. It was in 2004 when 
the very first state in the United States legally recognized same sex marriage. And what, 2012 when 2004. we actually Well, no, but it was 2004. 2012 when the Supreme Court actually voted on right. it and yeah, and said it Massachusetts was, was the first state right. to do it in 2004. Right. That's just crazy. That is crazy. Which is fascinating because uh, Roman Emperor Nero, who ruled from AD 54 to 68, married two men in formal wedding ceremonies. And he forced the uh, the plebeians, the, the proletariat, the society uh, and the courts to treat them as his wives. So, yeah, that was well, the, that's that the, was the I mean, first like known uh, same sex marriage. Yeah. And like we talk about it, you hear about it all the time, but like in, in like the Greeks just would wreck each other, like dudes on dudes and all that. What's the movie with uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> what's the dude with the Irish, the movie with the Irish guy and Angelina Jolie was his like mom wife wreck or something. <laughs> mom um, wife. The Irish the he was in he was really big for a while uh god damn it, i'm never gonna Fair, remember his Farrell? name colin farrell yes colin farrell what was the movie he was in where he played some greek person oh, that I whole movie i don't know if you guys ever watched that movie but it's basically a gay porn uh i know i want to watch it gay soft porn <clears throat> i don't know what movie oh alexander What's it called? yeah so Al- apparently alexander was very much into men and women I don't think I ever saw Alexander. Actually, yeah, I know. I, I know. Now, I granted, didn't. it's a it's a movie, but I mean, we hear all the time like like uh, um, same sex relationships were completely like uh, normalized in totally. Like, yeah, Greek history. Yeah. Um, God, I'm trying to read back through this article in the week, and the I part- believe at the same time. I mean, that's what, you know. This is the other thing too that I I, I think it's funny because. That also means that like early Christianity, that was still completely accepted, yet the religion as we know it today at some point decided like, we're going to cut all those stories out and we're going to make that, you know, a carnal sin. Yeah. But anyway. What's interesting is as I was looking through this, I found an article that talked about, it was, uh, I think it was in Salon that was talking about how it was, it was this, it was an, it was an op-ed. I don't know if that's right. It was an opinion piece though. And it was this woman dissecting the Bible, pointing out all of the areas where it actually, the Bible actually speaks toward homosexuality being a good thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And she's, she's trying to contradict what the today's Christians are, are interpreting the Bible as, Um, but I, I didn't actually read it. Uh, I did, I did save it though. So I'll send it to you if you care to, to read it afterward. Um, but to your point, this was in that week article that I, that I read that I thought was interesting. Um, so marriage, marriage's primary purpose was to bind women to men, blah, blah, blah. Through marriage, a woman became a man's uh, property in the betrothal ceremony of ancient Greece betrothal a father would hand over his daughter with these words i pledge my daughter for the purpose of producing legitimate offspring among the ancient hebrews right so judaism basically Mm -hmm. which is the, the the bible 
Men were free to take several wives. Married Greeks and Romans were free to satisfy their sexual urges with concubines, prostitutes, and even teenage male lovers, while their wives were required to stay home and tend to the household. If wives failed to produce offspring, their husbands could give them back and marry someone else. So (laughs) teenage male lovers. And that's exactly what you're talking about with, I mean, I wonder why teenage? Was it because they were still, they were still feminine? They weren't considered like masculine or hadn't become men or, or. Well, that was the thing. There was like this weird, and I, this, I'm doing this story off of memory here, but I remember reading a story about there was this, like, especially like, uh, soldiers and like war heroes and stuff. It was this idea that they would essentially take these men as like a sexual partner to help teach them how to become men. Okay. Like, and this is again, back in like, you know, Greek historical stuff. It's just like, it's insane to me. And and again, I don't really, I, I don't care. We, I think it's become, it was made taboo, even though it's like, I don't know what happened where, I don't know, maybe probably religion, I would guess where it turned like this taboo thing that we are now slowly peeling those layers back again. But yeah, it's, it's odd that it was completely acceptable back then. And then for, you know, centuries, it was decided that that's absolutely inappropriate. And we are still having to undo that thinking today. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, so the reason I, I, I think there's even value in talking about some of this historical stuff is because I think so many people, honestly, I would argue, and I could be wrong, I have zero statistics to back me up here, but I would argue a lot of people don't probably don't understand or even have an idea of marriage. I think you would ask a group of people, I truly would argue that most people think marriage has been a religious ceremony for all time. I don't know if people actually understand that it wasn't until 1753 that religion even had a play in it. Or I'm sorry, 1563, my apologies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so I don't know. I think that's fascinating. And it says something too about, and again, I am not shitting on anybody who's been married. I've actually officiated weddings. So, you know, I understand in the idea of the, and meaning behind marriage, what I don't, where I have one of my biggest issues with the institution of marriage as a whole is this idea that one, the government has to be involved. And most importantly, <laughs> that this is something, this promise that you're making in front of God. And we all know where I stand on that as well. So the clandestine marriage act. Yes. It's I just don't feel like all of those things are important, but yet so many people find it massively important or at least tell themselves that they think it's important. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know how many people are worried about what God thinks about their marriage, but anyway. Yeah. Um, we don't want to go too far down that path or we will fly off into a whole other conversation, but yeah, that's interesting. Um, that's one of the big, I think that that's 
Well, yeah, that's one of the big... Uh, I think that's one of the most important aspects of it. The recognition by doing it before God and it being recognized mm -hmm. by the state. I yeah. think that, in my opinion, like, I think that that's ultimately those two things are what make it vastly more difficult to unbind yourself from that person. Right. Mm -hmm. If you have faith in God, if you believe in God, you don't ultimately want to sin and let God down. Right. So that's, that's mm -hmm. number one. And then two, if there is a legal aspect to it, that's recognized by the state and it does take as much to, to end it, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. I think that that ultimately um, what's the I don't, I don't know. I don't think that that I don't think that ups its importance, but I think that that it solidifies isn't the right word. Yeah, just it makes it easier. It makes it harder to it makes it harder to run run the other direction if things get tough, I guess. Yeah. So I think yeah. those are pretty important pieces. Yeah. I was reading when I was dig, uh, digging around for like information and stats and stuff, I saw a stat that said on average, the uh, today, the average cost of a divorce is around $12,000. Oh, I would say that's the low end. I yeah. And I don't know, that could have been like data from 2013. I don't know, but right, right, right. Yeah. But that's crazy to me because, and again, we want to get into like you and I's opinions on marriage and single here. Cause I think that's really what we're here for. But I, I, I feel like this is so it's odd to me. And this is where, again, this is back to my earlier point around why the government has to be involved is it's crazy to me that you have to, it's the, the marriage is the one thing in life that government has to uh, approve you to do and then approve you to stop doing. That is so odd to me. Like if you think about that, like, Oh, you don't want to be married anymore. We have to, you have to come in front of a judge and then we get to tell you that it's okay. It's like, wait a minute. Why? I don't well, want to do this anymore. There are a lot of things the government approves you to do and, and, and approves you to stop doing. I mean, well, like, the government's what? pretty in, inter, intertwined in our in our lives. I oh, mean, true. Um, is it is it is it purely financial? No. And in, in for, that for, sense, for like, the, is for that the government or? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I think it. I think it's a layer of protection so that people don't take advantage of it because there are there are financial benefits. There are. Um, I mean, to being married, yeah, by the being, government. Okay, no, just to be, be well, to to being married back in the Revenue Act or whatever that you allude, you know, that that you're probably right about. Mm -hmm. Like, there are financial benefits to being married, and mm -hmm. the government recognizes that because the government is ultimately who monitors taxes and who collects taxes mm -hmm. and, and whatnot, right? So, 
that's the clandestine act part they're they're watching over to make sure but there's probably protections in terms of i mean to that's the fully cynical approach to look at it that way there's probably benefits from the standpoint of it used to be that you could just marry a woman and she was your property right so now the government is stepping in and recognizing oh woman you actually want to do this okay good okay so we will recognize this as a state that you are not being pressured into this, that you are not being black forced into, into it, this, or, forced right. into it. Right. Right. So there's, I think there's benefits from, from that standpoint. Um, yeah. I'm sure. And then I guess they need to go through some, some legal proceedings. So it's at least documented that this marriage has been dissolved and the, benefits of that marriage are no longer offered sure there's 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 historic- like it's got to be there's got to be some bookkeeping i was just gonna to say there's historical record keeping because i want to know that so-and-so is now uh julia jorgensen versus julia jacobson or did she want to keep her name and she's julia jacobson still right so then like where does that lineage john jingleheimer smith john jacob jingleheimer smith right <laughs> <laughs> like if you look back there are there are a lot of the Europeans have fairly good uh, ancestral lineage tracking, right? Like they, they they can look back. I can look back and see that my family members came over to the United States in 1860s, right? The the original Jorgensons. Not a lot of societies can do that, right? Like the Chinese, yeah. It goes back a couple few generations and then it's gone, right? Yeah. Um, Africans, same thing. Like, there's there's no record of that. And whichever side of the fence you're on, whether you think that it's good to have those records or not, um, you could argue that that's a benefit to to documenting marriage and having the marriage recognized by the state. Is it becomes much more clear where those branches right. happen? Yeah. So I think it's, I mean, it's, I don't think it's just black and white. I think there's, I think there's a pretty, I think it's probably fairly complex. I'm sure there are tons of other reasons that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I agree. Um, but yeah. All right. This is Q and A time. Now for the fun stuff. Q and A time. Now for the fun stuff. <laughs> now for the fun stuff. This is where it's going to get interesting. Yes. All right. Hey, this is split up pretty well. 40 minutes on history. 40 minutes on fun stuff. Actually, 50 minutes fun on stuff. fun stuff. Butt stuff. Yeah. Um, Ooh, butt stuff. Can't do that when you're married. Or can you? <laughs> or can you? Uh, uh, Dude, speaking of that, I saw a meme a few days ago. It says, this is great. Speaking of that, it says, uh, <laughs> it says, uh, hold on. It says, guy, guy speaking at a certain point in a relationship, you get to a point where you've seen your partner's butthole more than they have themselves and think there's something beautiful in that priest. The bride has also chosen to write her own vows. (laughs) Wait, say that again. (laughs) So it's, it's, it's a guy. It says, you know, it says guy, or you could argue, say me. At a certain point in a relationship, you get to a point where you've seen your partner's butthole more than they have themselves and think there's something beautiful in that priest. 
The bride has also chosen to write her own vows. <laughs> it's like the groom's vows. <laughs> uh, There's something beautiful in that. But anyway. All uh, right. You want to kick things off? Or uh, you want me to kick things off? Why don't you get started? All right. Question number one. Have you, uh, before we get into this, have you given thought to these? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, dude, of course. Good for you. I don't have to put a lot of thought into this because I kind of know these things already. I mean, this is my, or so, like my, <laughs> I think th- some there's of some the, of them in here that I've had to like think through a little bit. Okay. Some of these I, I haven't even, I haven't even read. Like I just glossed over them and I saw the first few okay. and I was like, okay, I could probably answer those, but I didn't go much further because I wanted them to be somewhat new and for me to actually think through on the spot. So oh, I want to okay. preface this with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know where this is well, going to go. And I'll be honest with you, like there's a little tinge of anxiety here because For sure there is because not be, not because I, I don't, you and I are not going to judge each other. I'm more worried about people listening to this and they'll be like, Mike is more fucked up than I ever thought, you know? So, and then I also don't want to say too much to the point where it's like, maybe I'm pr- sharing a little too much of my own deep insecurities more than anything. Right. So maybe it anyway, happens. maybe right. it happens. Maybe I'm, we exit this interview with me weeping like a young child. Let's, let's dig in deep. Let's figure out the root cause. Let's get back to that therapy. And yeah, um, yeah. this is probably a stupid question, but do you like being single? I do. You do. What do you like about I do. it? I <sighs> see, see, these are, these are questions. It seems surface level that's an easy question to answer because i'm single so of Mm -hmm. course it's not like i mean i would like to believe that i'm not some just fucking farm animal ugly and don't have a chance in hell of ever finding love in a relationship someday but all could be the case and my friends are just very nice and don't tell me that on a regular basis that's wonderful but they're i'd fuck you (laughs) thanks jeff god i feel really good now but uh There are parts, there are, I'm going to answer this and not really answer this. There are things I really enjoy about being single, but there are absolutely downsides to being single. That is not lost on me. And there are days where I wish I wasn't. There are things that happen in life where it's like, man, it'd be nice to have someone to experience this with, with, or do this or plan this with that. Those parts of being single suck. But for me, there are more pros in the single column than there are in a relationship column or a because here's the other thing, too, I want to clarify early on is relationships and marriage. I probably will use those interchangeably. I realize they're not the same thing, but in today's. I, I shouldn't say that in my age bracket, it's, I think, assumed that any long-term relationship you get into will inevitably lead to the next step. I think a lot of people are there. Like, I know I get a lot of questions like, well, aren't you scared that you're almost 40 years old and you've never been married? That doesn't cross my mind really, but I know a lot of other people think that. I know that if I'm turned 42 and I've never been married, I'm going to probably start, like I'm going to turn into a social leper at some point because people are going to be like, there's something severely fucking wrong with this guy. Mm-hmm. So also not lost to me, but for me, there's more pros in the single column than there are in a relationship marriage column. 
and it's getting worse as I age, which is also scary. Like they're like, getting worse. They're they're more things are moving over into the single column. Right. And so again, that's, so that's interesting that you choose the word worse there. Well, like there's like something getting there's harder something and harder from subconsciously right. happening there. Yeah, it's getting harder. And I say worse in the sense that it's getting harder and harder to potentially convince myself that maybe some. And, and in this case, I'll use marriage because one of the things I say a lot is. I'm not opposed to the commitment of a relationship. I just am terrified to get into that with the expectations of the next step. I would much, I think I would actually be 100% okay just having a life partner. I fucking hate that term, but I don't want to do any of the bullshit that comes with it. I don't feel like a government or some church is going to tell me like, you're doing this or I have to be viewed in the eyes of the government or church. I don't give two shits about that. Mm Mm-hmm. And I have this weird, stupid thing that for whatever reason gives me like some solace to a degree is, and I feel bad saying this because I know that married, married people might take offense to this and I do not mean it offensively, but in that type of relationship, when you're not married, when there's not some legally con- legal contract saying that you're married, that to me is the best relationship because it takes you have to wake up and choose to be there every day i realize in marriage you do too but i'm saying if in a relationship where you're not married and you're just chosen to spend your life together if you don't wake up choose and work to be there every single day that person can walk away tomorrow and have and you there's nothing to be done it's like i'm out and Mm -hmm. there's no divorce there's no attorneys there's no judge there's nothing they can just fucking leave So for whatever reason, to me, there's some like, I don't know, maybe a little bit of romanticism to the idea that they don't have to be here if they don't want to. And I realize in marriage, they don't either. I I can respect that. I can respect that. And I I like that. I've never thought about it in that perspective. And um, I think that's super cool. And it's very, very, very true, right? There There is a romantic element to that fact because you then have to put in the work to make sure that that person doesn't leave. Mm-hmm. Um, or tie them to a bed post. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess the question I would ask then is, is, is that that's just not human nature, though. Like, realistically, that's, right. that's one reason why marriage, the institution, is there. Because people... People are not. There are three people in the history of the world in all of humankind that do what you just said, like that are willing to stick it out and who don't just go, you know what? Uh, This is one of those days. It was just a little bit harder than yesterday. And I'm out of here. Peace. Right. And they they walk away. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. Most people stay far too long in bad relationships because they're terrified of being alone. Well, there's also that. Yeah, there's also that. I'm just I'm just saying like the 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 recognition, whether it's government or your peers or, you know, 100 of your peers, because that's the you know, like like that's one of the, the, the big reasons for the, the big ceremony is so that you are in front of all of your peers and God. Right. Um, God mm-hmm. being your 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 most important peer for some people. Um, 
so Thank that you clarify <laughs> so that it's harder. It's just like the people today on Instagram that put out that they are going to lose 20 pounds or that they are going to stop drinking. They're doing it as valid. So, so that they there's the validation like social that, accountability, social. Yes. That so people can hold them accountable. So um, there's something to that, right? It makes it harder right. for you to pull away when, whether it's the state, whether it's your social circle, it makes it more difficult to pull away when there are a lot of people that you are potentially going to, uh, let, let down. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, I get it. All right. Your turn. Simple turn. question. <clears throat> Simple question. Any regrets? Any regrets on getting married? Any That's regrets a joke. On I already married. know the answer. I, I know the answer. I was just kidding. That's just, I, that was, I thought it was funny when I wrote that very first question. It's like, well, let's get to get into it. Any regrets? No. Maybe. What I do want, <laughs> what I, no, shut up. What I do want to know is you've been married for how many years now? Nine years. Nine years. Okay. And with her for how long total? Uh, how long 12, did you date? 12. 12. Speaking okay. of nine years, I do want to quickly uh, say happy anniversary to my wife today. Uh, happy anniversary. So. Is it today? Today. So kind of interesting. No shit, dude. This is a fucking, what are the chances we're doing yeah. this? Happy I, anniversary, I, I, man. I, I had no gonna, idea. I was going to say it at the end because I woke up and I was like, holy shit, I can't believe we're doing this on the anniversary. But, uh, but yeah. Dude, since why you, is this since not on my calendar? Right now, since you asked right now, happy anniversary, Beth. Dude, that's awesome. Congratulations, man. I'm putting this on my calendar. Um, uh, so yeah, married so, for nine together for uh, 11, 12 ish, somewhere in that neighborhood. There was, there was a brief, we were, we were together for, for three, six months in kind of just a like fun haphazard dating way. I considered her my girlfriend. She would not. There's a lot of contention around that because I didn't actually ask her to be my girlfriend. We broke up and then I realized that it was a big mistake and uh, went groveling back to her and at that <laughs> point in time asked her. So there's a little bit of, uh, yeah, it's like 11 or 12 somewhere in that ballpark. Dude, that's why it stopped showing me this on the eight, 2018. It stopped repeating it. No wonder. It was in my calendar though. All right. Well, happy anniversary. Uh, yeah. Thank so, do, okay. Question for you. 12 years. I mean, we'll just say for the married years. Yep. Almost 10 years. Yep. Do you even remember what it's like being single? Um, I don't, like, I don't, I think that's a, I think it's a good question. Yeah. I don't, I don't have any recollection. I can remember. <laughs> it's kind of like having children. Like I can remember myself not having them like like talking you know with with andrew the other day we're recollecting uh some times that we had in arizona when we were single and we were running around we were doing this and we're like bringing these memories back about going to this bar that bar and like those Mm -hmm. memories are there but i don't remember what the feeling is like right like i have memories of me without my children but i don't remember what my life is like without children right and it's easy to think back because a lot of the memories you probably have of your singledom was the ones that you've maintained are probably positive. Great memories. I'm sure there's some negatives in there. Yeah. And so it's easy to romanticize the past because all you have is those good, good memories. Now, granted, I'm sure there's some bad shit mixed in or you wouldn't know what the good stuff was, but it's easy to do that too. Cause like, even when I think about some of the long-term relationships I've been in, I easily think back. It's like, that was a really great experience, mm-hmm. but clearly it wasn't because it didn't work it didn't out for me. Out. Right. Right. But yeah, 
I think as humans, we tend to do that. We tend to default to like, oh, you know, not necessarily remember the positive, but like remember the things that we appreciated about it and forget very quickly the things that were horrible about it and why you wanted to potentially kill yourself when you were in those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel that you, and I'm now I'm rewording my own question here because I feel like, what impacts has, has actually being married had on your relationship? And I realize I'm asking you to go back to the three years prior to being married, but what impact do you believe marriage has had on your relationship with Beth versus do you think anything would have changed? Do you think you'd be in the same position today had you never actually gone through the marriage ceremony and just stayed together? Would you have... Would you be in the exact same spot you are today? Or do you think marriage definitely changed things? Um, okay, so there's one thing there. Do I have to assume that we would still be together if we would not have gotten married? Like, 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 is that part of the question? Like we will have maintained the relationship and stayed together. We're just unmarried. Or is the question more, where would we be today? Had we not gotten married? Yeah. It's, it's kind of an opinion more than anything. Like what impacts have marriage had on your relationship? And do you think if you had not gotten married, it would be any different today? Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. So, um, impact. I think the impact has been just vastly beneficial. Um, and I think for, for me, it'd be interesting to hear my, my, to hear Beth's perspective. Um, for me, I think what the marriage did or, or what that kind of legally binding agreement did is two is twofold. Right. Um, and again, I'm, I'm thinking of this on the fly. So, so, there's probably more, but just off the top of my head, one is I'm the type of person and I've, I've, I've had this conversation with you when it comes to work, like relationships are slightly different for me, but, um, but not like, I I don't know how, I don't know how hugely, because obviously this is my only marriage. Um, I'm the type of person like with work, with, with even some friendships, like if it gets to a point where I can tell the benefits are, uh, you know, the cons are encroaching on the benefits, even if the benefits still outweigh the cons, if the cons are getting too close, I will cut bait and I will get out because mm-hmm. I recognize that it's not worth putting myself through that stress and that turmoil. And I would just much rather go and find something that I know satisfies these benefits and doesn't have all of the baggage and the cons. Right. Right. So that's one thing. That's one thing that, 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 that legally binding contract does is it makes for me, it makes it very difficult for me to get out of that. Right. And that sounds negative. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like, Oh my God, the only reason I'm still married to Beth is because I'm legally bound to her. Right. But the second thing that it did is because we are now legally bound, there is something significant that took place from like an openness and an honesty perspective, right? Like 
prior to getting married, being with Beth, being engaged to Beth, knowing that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with Beth, there was still a lot of, I guess, darkness and, and, and stuff inside that Beth didn't know. Now, granted, some of that comes out over time. And a lot of that is, 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 it comes out in conversations, you know, maybe the, the right conversations hadn't been had and whatnot while while engaged or while together prior to marriage. But I think there's something more because of that binding, because of that connection, because of that fact that it is that much harder for her to leave now or for me to leave now that it causes you to basically open up a little bit more and share a lot more of yourself and a lot more of your truths with your with 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 the other person. And so they learn I have learned a shit load more about Beth and I, and I have told her like Beth, Beth knows things about me that I barely know about myself. Right. Mm -hmm. Across the gamut, whether it's, whether it's, you know, deep secrets of my past, whether it's how I've gotten trouble, whether it's, you know, sexual desires, whether it's like, like across the gamut, she knows things about me that I barely know about myself. And, that I don't think would have happened without that for me anyway, without that legally binding tie. And so mm -hmm. um, that's, I think, kind of the the impacts that it's had that the two that I can say off the top of my head. And in terms of would we be in the same spot today? I I don't know. I don't even know if we would be together because the other thing that I can say is. Because of that opening up, because of that legally, you know, we we fought a lot more while we were engaged while we were pr prior to being married right the first year or two of of marriage there was a little bit more fighting than there is today right like we've gradually fought less and less and less which is i, I well, think, yeah and you figure it out over time i assume totally totally which which right. isn't only because of being married it's because we've been together for a decade right um right. but i also think that i also think that any one of those fights had we not been legally married and had we known that or had we not known that it was going to be something that we were going to let ourselves down, we were going to let friends down, we were going to let all of these people down. And in addition to that, we were going to have to spend. You mentioned the twelve thousand dollars thing. I've had two friends go through it recently and they're up in the like 60 to seventy five thousand. And, and they've had amicable like very, very easy divorces. And that's just like lawyer fees and whatnot. So, um, so that's why when you said 12,000, I was like, maybe you're right. Maybe it was back from 2002. Who knows? Um, but that's another piece where like, you're sitting there going, I don't want to do that. I, that, that just sounds fucking awful for both people. That sounds, mm -hmm. you know, like, can we work through this? And so I think that had that not been there, um, I, I shouldn't say think, I wonder had that, had that not been there, you know, could, the second fight in, in, you know, year four, then what broke the bank and, and the, you know, the straw that broke mm -hmm. the camel's back. Right. Hmm. So arguably it's been massively impactful in a positive way as opposed to Hondo something P. else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's got its downsides kind of for sure. Right. Regrets. Regrets is interesting. I don't. I don't have any real regrets. I. I don't think. It, like, in in general, <laughs> today's not the day um, to talk about them. I can tell no, you that. No, no, Like, I'm just saying. Like in life, and in, in life in general, I certainly don't have any. I mean, maybe 
when I first saw that question, my only thought I had was like, maybe I should have done it sooner. But then I see the second question, you know, did I get married and have children at the right time? And my dad has always talked to me and said, I think that you did it the right way. You know, you waited till you were into your thirties. You were, you were, you were sexually mature. You were emotionally mature. You're psychologically mature. You, you knew what you were doing with your life from a job perspective. Like you had all of these pieces in place and then you decided to get married versus mm-hmm. getting married very, very young and not knowing yourself. You know, they say your amygdala or whatever it is doesn't doesn't fully form until you're 25 or 26. And that's what what is your really solid decision making brain, you mm-hmm. know. And so getting married at 21, 22, you don't even know what the fuck's going on at that point in time. So probably not. Well, yeah, and statistics show that. You know, this again, statistics show the younger you are getting married, the like the higher likelihood you have of getting divorced. I think like the magic number is between 30 and 35 somewhere. Okay. So, yeah. So, so looking at it in that way, like I feel like I got, I think, I think, I think I got, I think I got married at, at the right time. And then you were married for how long before you had your first child? Three and a half years. Okay. So that's good too. I think, you know, one of the things that I hear, or I've heard rather is people who get married and then immediately go into parenthood. It's like, you don't get to spend any time together. Like you don't enjoy the marriage part, like of actually just being married with someone and doing whatever you want. So, you know, so that's nice that you waited. I think that's based on what I've heard in the past and some other people's opinions. It sounds like that's the right way to do it is to enjoy marriage for a while. I think so, man. I mean, children are, fucking hard like they are they are very they put a very 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 strong strain on the relationship because when you have a child your marriage is basically done you know in terms of like you have to you have to work very 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 hard at maintaining that social connection to your married partner because every bit of energy you have goes into that child Right. Right. And so you don't get the alone time. You don't get date nights. I mean, how many times do you hear about, you know, couples? Oh, this is our first date in, in, in 13 months, you know, since we've had our since we had our baby boy or whatever. It's like you don't get those times because all mm-hmm. of your conversations, you know, when you do go out on those dates, all of your conversations revolve around the kids like, oh, you should have seen what so and so did or oh, my God, when, mm-hmm. when I picked him up, they did this. Like there's there's right. no more interaction. You guys as a couple are, 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 are done, you know, Mm -hmm. um, which, which kind of sucks in a way, but then you see, and now we're getting into kids, but then you see the, the little, the little offspring, babe, babe, squid baby. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) well, that's, that's fucking, there it is. It's worth it. Yeah. (laughs) There's an 18 year commitment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right there. Oh, that's there's it. a lot of money. Uh, that's what that's 18 a, years looks like. That's a lot of money. Uh, but yeah, so to, uh, yeah. to have those few years to kind of figure each other out and, uh, and, and, and again, to, you know, go deeper into that relationship, you know, that openness, that trust building that I think is, at least for me, was, was uber, uber important, you know? Um, right. Well, and you might as well just answer the next one then. Like how has, have kids impacted your marriage? Like, I mean, I, I know, luckily I know you well enough to know that I know that you and Beth have, you, one, your kids are getting a, not old enough, but to the age where you're comfortable enough leaving them with a babysitter or whatever, you know, your son 
seems to be uh, more put together than most adults I know. Um, I know that your daughter is <laughs> in a phase at the moment, but you know, fuck it, she'll be. But the thing two, is, I know that and you and Beth are able phase. to, right? <laughs> but you know, so you guys are kind of hitting that that point where you know, you have kids that you are comfortable enough leaving at home with a babysitter and can go out and enjoy some time. In fact, I mean, hell in a week from today, we're all going to be together for four or five days with, you know, your kids with family. So it's like, I mean, maybe the better question is like, how, what impact did your children have when they were babies and the, especially with the first one and having to learn how to fucking do all of this yeah. and balance your marriage and keep that relationship fruitful and, and moving forward. I mean, what impacts have your kids had good and yeah, bad, good and bad. So, um, definitely hard. I mean, definitely there, right. there's, there's a, there's a difficulty impact that is, that is indescribable. Um, if you can think about on, on the lowest scale, like it's terrible analogy, but it's the only one I can come up with when you are at work and you are collaborating with someone and you want to do something one way and they want to do something the other way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, take that now by a magnitude of 10 because you you're, okay. you're talking about how you're going to raise this children and thankfully there aren't a ton of things that beth don't see fairly eye to eye on but mm -hmm. it's still very hard because i want to discipline this way she wants to discipline that way right and while mm -hmm. those things aren't too drastically far apart the things that are put a pretty big strain on it. Cause it's like, son of a, like they, we're talking about a human life here. This isn't just a, right. this isn't just a fucking marketing project that we're going to ship tomorrow. And you know, if, if, if we, if it right. fails, we lost 20 grand. Right. Um, so that's, so that's pretty hard. Obviously there's the physical things like sleep, this, that, and the other, um, that, that, that compile and, and add to that. Um, that's probably th that. And then coupled with the fact that like, you do, you do kind of lose that person, right? You, you do. Beth is now, Beth is now no longer my wife. She's my children's mom. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's that she's more of that than she is my wife, at least for the next 18 years, we can get back to right. being a couple again. Um, and, and again, we, we work, we, I think we, I think we balance it pretty well. Um, so I don't, I don't want that to sound like, Oh my God, I've lost my, I've lost my, 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 my beloved wife. Um, uh huh. So that's kind of the, I would say those are kind of the negative impacts that it's had. Um, but also like the, the latter one's kind of positive with regard to her being mom, because ultimately what I want more than anything are my two children to have the most beautiful lives, you know, mm -hmm. ever. So of course. they're going to get that better with Beth being a great mom, um, than Beth being my wife. So it's, it's a positive. Well, the beneficial impacts of having children is, Oh, dude, the like, the like love and envy and gratitude and like the, 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 like, I'm just, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Like I can look at, I can, my love for Beth is exponentially larger now having her, having watched her birth my child, right? Like mm -hmm. 
there is like the the connection, the tie. And that that influences everything from like the meals that we have together to the road trips, to the conversations, to the sex, like everything, like everything is, I mean, vastly, vastly better because again, prior to having children, that marriage built that connection that was like, okay, now I can be more open with you because you can't run away from me, right? Because you are tied, <laughs> right? I can right. tell you my deepest, darkest secrets and you can never leave, Right. Um, mm -hmm. when you throw a child into the mix that amplifies it that much more. So now it's right. like on this emotional, psychological level, we're that much more connected now because now fuck the law. The law is the least of our problems. Now we can't leave each other because we have to raise this little baby. Right. Right. And so all of those connections, you basically like, you basically just put your tentacles in that much further mm -hmm. and like connected that much, that much more. Right. Well, yeah. And like, yeah, I get it. Cause you have this now bond, which is a human that like you are both part of it's right. like, holy shit. That's like the combination of you and I that's crazy. Right. Right. Yeah. And the worst yeah. thing in the world is seeing them sad. And if mom and dad aren't together, that's the saddest they're ever going to be, you know? Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, Kids are positive then, Hundo at P. least for you and Beth. Hundo P. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then there's like, that. I'm looking at just from the relationship aspect, like there's the selfishness part where, where, or the selfish aspect where like, yeah, the, the amount, I mean, you, you have to put a lot in the back seat when you're talking about your significant other, when it comes to your feelings, when it comes to compromise, all those things, you have to, you have to let go of a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. When it comes to a child everything's gone, you know, mm -hmm. you, you, everything is them. And so everything goes in the backseat at that point in time. Yeah. You know, you, you are compromising yeah. every waking moment that they're, that they're awake. Yeah. When they sleep is the only time you don't compromise. And it's, <laughs> it's right. rather, it's rather lovely. <laughs> it's rather lovely. Oh man. God, I don't think I could do the sleep thing either right now. All right. These are some good, good answers here, folks. All right. Where are we at here, Jeff? Um, I don't know. Where were we? Legally married, benefit the relationship. Do you think you got married and had children at the right time? How has kids impacted your marriage? Do you want me to do you want me to go or do you want to keep going? Do you want to keep going and then we can do one on single next time? Who <laughs> 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 uh, here's a good one. Ooh. And I feel like we've kind of answered this, but and this is a stemming from my own fear. So I'm going to force it upon you to answer a question. Yeah. It's. Does FOMO exist once you get married? Do you ever like think to yourself, I wonder if I married the right person or like not even. Okay. No. Let me rephrase. It's not so much. Do you think that you married the wrong person? Cause I don't think that's the case. Do you ever wonder if there might be someone else out there better? better 
No. So so FOMO, absolutely. I mean, I'm a I'm a male. Uh, you know, 150,000 years of evolution cannot change right. some of the feelings that I have. Right. <laughs> so there is definitely FOMO. Um, do I ever wonder if I married, if there, if I could have married someone better or if there's a better person out there? Um, no, no. Do I wonder if I could be in the same spot having married someone else? Obviously not the same spot with Benton and Lyndon because those came from Beth. But I had a similar question to you, which I think is kind of ultimately what you're getting at, which is, do you think that there is a uh, perfect person out there, you know, a Mr. Right or a Miss, Mrs. Right? Um, no, I don't. I don't think. I, I think that I, I don't think that the universe is that serendipitous and that perfect that there is just one match out there. That's, that's insane um, to think. So, so, so no, would I change anything with Beth? Absolutely not. Well, I change some things. We work on a lot of things and try to change a lot of things. Um, But do I feel like I could have married Elena, for instance, because Elena and I were serious and been in a similar position. I, I, I think so. It would just depend mm-hmm. on how much work and uh, how much I wanted to put into it. it. It also takes the other person. And I would say that that is a big reason we are here today, Beth and I, because she puts in, I think, a lot more work than I do when it comes to mm-hmm. keeping us on task and and making sure that our relationship is strong. So, um, so yeah, I, that's, that's a hard question to answer, but ultimately I think what you're answering is they're asking is like, is there a Mr. Right or Mrs. Like is Beth the one? Um, absolutely. But also not quite absolutely. If right. That makes that's fair. That's the thing. Yeah. And my answer to your question, Mr. Right or Mr. Wrong, right, right. Mrs. Right. What the fuck ever it is. No, I mean, of course not. Like, I think it's Gervais that has a saying that I think is so perfect. And it's like, there's 8 billion people on this planet and you found your soulmate 20 miles away from where you grew up. Mm. Yeah. It's like, come on. Bingo. So that's interesting. Like, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, That's that's when I was thinking about it, I was like trying to think about it. Okay. So the, the world's not that the universe isn't that serendipitous. Like I'm here. What if the person, my soulmate is over on the other side of the world in Uganda um, mm-hmm. no, that's never going to happen. But to think about it in that sense where there's 8 million people here and you just happen to find your person 8 billion. 20 minutes, t- t- or 8 billion. Yeah. 20, 20 minutes away, 20 miles away, five miles away. Bullshit. No. Yeah. 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 So no, I don't think Teamwork I makes think, the dream work. Exactly. And, and quite frankly, I mean, here's the other thing too. It's, it's, I've absolutely been in love in, the, in before and I have been in relationships that still impact me today that I, that have, um, been some of the best experiences of my life. And those people were perfect at that time. But if we were to try that again today, it would be an utter absolute disaster. So it's, it's, again, there's, I think so many variables that go into finding these people. It's, you know, kind of the season, I hate this term, but the season you are in your own life happens to coincide with theirs. You meet it under the right circumstances. What you're looking for at that time makes sense because you know this as well as anybody. I mean, I think married people have to understand this better than single people, especially single people who aren't aware of their own thoughts and their feelings and, and where they're at. But 
you know, you and Beth, when you were married, aren't the same versions of yourselves nine years later. You have evolved the things that, you know, you maybe appreciate about yourself or each other have probably changed. And it's very much, um, something that I pay attention to as a single person. I know that what I liked and the things that I look for, if I'm going to consider being in a relationship with someone, even in the last three years are substantially different. Yeah. You know? And so I have kind of this arguably like set of requirements. I say that with, you know, air quotes, but requirements that for me, it, I just don't see how a relationship could be fruitful if at least a, these, you know, let's call it three or four or five in things are true. Right. And those five things are not the same five things that they were three years ago or, or even probably two years ago, arguably. So, okay. yeah. So that's interesting. We, we had a similar, we had, we had a conversation kind of centered around these things, you know, a couple of few months ago when you were dating. Um, I'm not gonna, I won't say, I won't say names, but that, that woman, yes, um, let's keep those out. And we were talking about the, the kind of pros and cons list and like figuring out those, those things that are deeply important to you. And you talk, mm-hmm. you just, you just said like those five things kind of change. Um, like for me, what I ultimately meant by that are like, is like those five things, depending on what they are, 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 are bound to change. Like the things that are important are bound to change, but like, what are the, what are kind of your core fundamental? This makes Mike, this makes, this is what I look at in a relationship. What are those things? And maybe those things change for you. Um, mm-hmm. For me, those things like the three core ones, like having a child or children. So um, like both wanting children. Yep. Okay. Have having a person that reciprocates kind of the, the uh, reciprocates affection in the same, Mm -hmm. in the same way I do. Right. Like that, that was important. That's very important to me. Like I don't, I'm a, I'm a huggy touchy person yeah. right like having a person okay. that is standoffish physical touch or, is your love language that's that's my love language like right <laughs> that's like that's important to me um and third one i won't i won't get into but uh but, okay. you, but like those three things haven't haven't changed like those things haven't fallen like those her, are, the third one is any woman that will put on a pair of heels and step on your pulse out <laughs> <laughs> those those well, three, you got some people you have he, 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 everybody has their kinks jeff uh, no i i'm not gonna get into it because i think i would have to i would have to think about it a little bit more to make sure that i i i say it i can say it appropriately right, it's not Yes. It's not heels. It's not anything yeah. like that. But, um, <laughs> Don't, let's not dig yourself a hole here. <laughs> but yeah. So, but, but the other things like are, are fairly ephemeral is not the right, the right word, but they, they, they're a little, they're a little looser. And if those things aren't quite met, then those are areas. It's going to be very hard for me to work on wanting children. Whereas most right. other things I can compromise on, or we can try to figure out how to push each other in the right direction and kind of come to a commonality on it. Um, whereas like having children, that's just, no, that's like a deal breaker. Right. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. 
Like, like I'm my one, like my one hard stop. And this is the one that has probably never changed is I would never be able to be with someone who doesn't have their own career aspirations and will do anything in the world to get there. Like to me, that's important. And quite frankly, as I get older, that is probably become more, more powerful than anything. It's like, I think women who are successful and have the drive and push themselves to be the, like the boss or whatever, and, and not necessarily the boss, but you know what I mean? Like own their career and strive to be the best they can be in whatever it is they choose to do. Like that is quite possibly the sexiest thing a woman can do. Like it, regardless of physical, everything else that to me and the reason I like it so much is it because it makes me want to be better. It makes me want to push harder. So it's like, there's a mutually beneficial thing happening there, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I understand it. So, uh, kids definitely not something that is on my top five list. Um, in fact, it's usually like, Hey, are you not hundred percent sure about kids or a hard no on that? You and I are going to get along just fine. <laughs> but, uh, um, all right, here's, I know that we got to, we're coming to an end. What, how much time we have left? Here's the one thing that I think there's value in chatting about. And it's kind of a nice little cherry on top of the discussion okay. is, is, and I'm going to be hundred percent honest because I feel like this is the one thing I don't share about my lifestyle is what are you envious about as a married person seeing my single lifestyle? And then I will offer the same response back, just vice versa. Like what okay. am I envious about married people as a single person? Oh yeah. That's, that's easy. That's easy for me to answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> freedom. Yeah. Freedom, right? Like you are, you are beholden to yourself and only yourself. And that's one really big reason that I think I became so attracted to hunting because it was a time for me, whether it was five days or 15 days to go out and be beholden to nobody but myself. And I get to be out there with just my thoughts, be out there completely alone or with a buddy. Right. Um, I eventually mm -hmm. want to take Beth and the kids out as well. Right. When they're a little bit older. So it's not it's not completely. But I, that will be like a second hunt. Right. Like I will always have mm -hmm. my hunt. That's just me because I think it's important. It's no different than, uh, you know, Jamie, my neighbor calls when he goes to take a dump, he calls it alone time because I mean, and so he'll lock the door and just sit on the toilet and read for 15 minutes. And it's like, mm -hmm. are you really taking a 15 minute shit? No, it's my alone time. Right. And right. like, there is something biologically necessary to have for that yeah. to be, you know, so it's no, it's golf. It's, it's, it's hunting. Hunting is the biggest one. I think that's why I say I, I you're by yourself. It's just you. Um, yeah. But it's awesome knowing that the best feeling in the world is getting home from a hunt and showering and hugging your children and hugging your right. wife. Like, so it's, it's, yeah. it's awesome knowing that I can, that I can go back, but, but, but yeah, freedom, I would say is probably what I'm most envious of. Yeah. Hmm. It's I'm, I'm, I'm pausing. Cause it's like, I'm trying to feel like I don't even know outside of like being beholden to work and like having things that you have to show up for. I don't, that's so odd to me. It's, that, it's, you know, what I, what I actually think about a lot is like on weekends when I have fuck all to do, like 
absolutely zero things outside of like, well, you need to make sure you eat, maybe get some groceries, maybe do some laundry, hard stop. <laughs> make sure you I eat. think to myself, it's like, you know how many parents don't even consider what I'm thinking about right now? Like there's times where I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'll just get in the Jeep, go for a cruise, see what's going on in Atlanta, new buildings that are built. <laughs> You've never had that thought in nine years. <laughs> never, never. We, we went to the baseball game last night. We were walking with our friends who were parents as well. And I, I looked up and I'm looking around and, and my buddy Greg goes, you looking at all these buildings? I was like, when did all these fucking show up? I mean, it's a completely different downtown. I've never seen uh, yeah. that downtown before. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's so weird. And yeah. And like things could happen um, five miles away, giant buildings are being erected and I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and dude, you know, it's also funny too, when we talk about like trips or like hunting coming up and stuff like that, have you ever noticed that when you ask, assuming like, I don't always know work schedules, but outside of them, I'm like, yeah, perfect, man. Sounds great. I yeah. don't even think about it. I'm like, yeah, let's do it, man. Who the fuck's going to tell me? No. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, that, that is, that is a, a hard thing to even begin to wrap my head around. And then I, so here's the other thing too, like this is going to tie into my answer or my response rather is, you know, as you were a little bit older when you got married, so you were kind of, you probably had some of this, but one of the things that I feel is most valuable to a human being at some point in their life is to learn to appreciate their time by themselves. Mm -hmm. I am unfortunately have fast tracked that in the last however many years to where I am disgustingly happy and content with being by myself almost to the point where, and this is what happened in my previous relationship is maybe she wasn't, but I felt like she was infringing on mic time to the point where it made me uncomfortable to the point where I was not getting enough of it. And it led to ultimately the demise of the relationship. So I understand that like the freedom, I do get that. That makes actually a lot of sense in that regard, because I maybe wants too much freedom, too much of uh, time by myself without anybody there that it would be hard to find a, a, someone else who also appreciates it as much as I do, but I don't know. But, uh, what I, I think my, where, where m my biggest, um, envy comes is not that I want children, but I do see, you know, good parents that have good children with their kids. And there is something there that I have this tiny little tinge that I might miss out on that. Not so much that I want to go have them, <laughs> but I do see it like, like, you know, I'll be back in Colorado next week and I'm ecstatic that I get to see your kids. Hopefully I get to see them at least for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, I, when I, we get back, I'm going to spend a, a few days with my mom, but my sister and her kids are going to be there when we get back. So I get to see them. Like I get excited about that. Like my buddy, Steve here, he has two little girls. I fucking love seeing those little shits, you mm -hmm. know? And Lindsay has a little boy now. I still haven't got to freaking meet him, but she's like constantly sending me pictures. Most, I would say 90% of every conversation her and I have now is solely about her child. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's a damn near, like it's I am like, like a secondary father. Yeah. Um, even though he's such a better dad than I'd ever be. But, um, like I do understand that. So like th there's that, that, I'm, I'm definitely envious about the, 
having kind of a ride or die, you know, those are the things like there are times it's very different. So here's like the hard part about being single that no one ever wants to talk about. It sucks more times than it doesn't, honestly. And I say that in the, in the sense that like everything I plan, I have to do with like friends, you know, whatever. And thank God I have not a lot of struggles. Like my friends, luckily all like we get to spend enough time together. You know, you and I are doing this thing. You and I chat quite a bit, but like, I can't just plan a vacation and just go because I don't mind traveling by myself. In fact, I enjoy it to some degree, but there's, when I was in Europe, for example, there were so many things that I saw that I thought to myself, man, it would be so awesome to have someone else here to experience what I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, it's like, sometimes you just want to be able to come home and talk and sit down and have a conversation with somebody that like you and Beth were saying, you were saying earlier that you have with Beth, like they know intimate fears, feelings, like the fucked up thoughts you have. And you can just have a conversation about something that's going on in your head. Like, luckily I have like a handful of very, very good friends that I have zero problems being horribly disgusting and open with you being one of those. So I can call those people, but it's not the same as having someone there. Like that's tough about being single. And then the worst part about it all is dating when you're older is brutal. So brutal because I assume everybody around my age is very similar to me in the sense that they probably also have this five things that are non-negotiables and they are stuck in their ways. They are okay with being by themselves. And so trying to get two people, it's like trying to connect magnets up like on the same side. They just automatically repel each other. They're like, this is just not going to work. I'm not willing to give up, you know, my, my time, my freedom, my non-negotiables for this fucking dickhead clown. I'm not doing it. And so the amount of effort to break past that is a challenge. It's pretty tough. Yeah. So anyway. Um, well, that's more, I think, than you've ever told me about that particular topic in the last few minutes so uh i think there's a lot to have a conversation around i think this podcast is the marriage podcast mm-hmm. and then we can do the single podcast and dig into that a little bit deeper um all right let's time. close on one thing we gotta we gotta wrap it up Nine thirty-one. okay one thing what is the one piece of advice you'd give your younger self about marriage that you wish you knew prior to all of it the biggest lesson you've learned, whatever you want to call it. Um, always have the hard conversations. Okay. Nice. All Dude, right. Happy anniversary, man. Thanks brother. I love you, Beth. Happy love anniversary. You. I love you as well. All right. Homie. More, we'll do more this than you fun. know. More than you know. All right, right, man. Love you. Have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. Word. Peace. Peace.
And that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen, for this week's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. Please don't forget to download and subscribe to Inexpert Opinions in your favorite podcast app. And uh, you'd be doing us a huge favor if you gave us a five-star rating. That helps us grow. Growing's good. Everything needs to grow, including Inexpert Opinions. We're trying to blow this thing up, y'all. So, uh, yeah, rate us. We love you. Thanks again for listening. Bye-bye. Shut up and sit down.